This is an IELTS Energy Podcast, Episode 589. Quick look at Insider Q&A from Three Keys Facebook. You are listening to the IELTS Energy Podcast from All Ears English. We believe in connection, not perfection. And we're here to show you how to get the score that you need on your next IELTS exam. Find out why our strategies are the most powerful in the IELTS world and get your free video masterclass at allearsenglish.com forward slash I-N-S-I-D-E-R. Now let's get to the show. In today's show, we'll answer insightful questions from current IELTS students about listening, speaking, and writing for stronger IELTS scores. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Jessica, we are back on the podcast today. How are you feeling? Woohoo! Fantastic. I feel tan. Tan. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I do too. We're getting into the summertime, feeling good. It's heating up, you know, it's midsummer. It's the best. It's the best. Oh, it's beautiful. I've yeah. said it before, but I'll say it again. There is nothing like Portland in the summer. I'm yeah. telling you, this city just comes alive. Like nobody wants to be in inside. Every yeah. outdoor table is filled at every cafe and restaurant. That's like awesome. the events, the free music and movies. I'm sure you guys all be mentioning some free music or movies that James and I will go to pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love it. It's just so vibrant yeah. and like alive. I love it too. It's similar in Boston. We have outdoor movies that I love to go to. Just like sit on the grass by the river. And and I love to watch sunsets in the summertime. Just kind of yeah. taking it in, especially by the Charles River over there. Um, just like feeling good to be alive, you know? <laughs> it's a good feeling. It's beautiful. So the, the place where they show the outdoor movies, you can also mm-hmm. see the sunset at the same time, like behind yeah. the screen or something? Mm-hmm. Not behind the screen, but like across the river. So I remember last oh, summer wow. I went. Yeah, yeah. You could see, you could like watch the movie and then after the movie, you could go sit on a bench and kind of watch the, the reflection on the river. And, you oh, know, just wow. like joining running groups and just doing outdoorsy stuff. That's what it's all about. Oh, totally. I've been, I, I haven't been to the gym too often. I think I'm yeah. down to like once a week because yeah. I'm literally running every day. Like yeah. I haven't, like I, I know I should take a day off, you know, cause I'm <laughs> like, listen, muscles, um, yeah. you, it's too bad. It's too beautiful outside. And then like, I'm so excited cause it's gorgeous and I have all this energy. I can't just walk. It's impossible. Yeah. I have to run like every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Then it's so let's let's get this episode recorded so we can get outside. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Okay, good advice. Yes. Okay. So guys, today um today we're going to do an episode where we collect some of our 
favorite questions that got the most sort of input from students that started discussions in our closed Facebook group, guys. So if you are a three key student, remember to be a part of our closed Facebook group. Join, request to join, and we'll approve you. If you're if that's not an option for you, it's because you're not a student and you should be. So go to allearsenglish.com forward slash K-E-Y-S and then you could interact like these students. Exactly. It's so nice. Even if a question doesn't occur to you, just being in that group and watching questions come up in your Facebook feed is so useful because you'll realize, oh, that's a really good question. I hadn't thought to ask that. Yeah. It really is a huge part of motivation for mm-hmm. a lot of our students, I think, because exactly, even if it's something they've never thought about, they read this and they're like, oh, oh, right. I do, I do that. That That's not good for my score. That Now yeah. I know better. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so good. You have that special insight from a professional. So good. So should I go ahead and read the first question then? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, we're just going to run through these. So here we go. First question regarding listening. A question said, no more than two words, and I answered smartphone, but the answer was smartphone. Am I still correct? Yeah, so no, that's not correct. So Mm -hmm. this student put smartphone as two words, and it's not two words, guys. It's one word. I think it is useful to go into Google, you guys, and just type in compound nouns or common compound nouns, because there is no hard and fast rule about which nouns become one word and which nouns stay mm. two words, you know? Oh, um, that's tough. Right? Because it sort of depends on when this phrase entered the language and the linguistic history of these terms. There's all of these things that go in because English is such a a weird hodgepodge of other languages and its history is so fragmented that, yeah, there's a lot of rules, of course. You guys know that if you study grammar, but there's some things where you're just like, "Mm, I don't know, it's just because it's English. So this is one of those things that's worthwhile, guys. If you put that as two words on the listening exam, it will be wrong. It Mm. has to be one word. So yeah, so Mm. that one would be wrong. That's a good question. Wow, yeah. And and also reading a lot, like taking in newspapers or articles where they talk about smartphones, it'll be be natural for you guys. You'll know. Um, But that's a tough break, right? Getting that wrong yeah. just because it's, that's we don't want to make those kinds of mistakes, guys. All right. Oh, yeah. gosh, those are killers. Yeah. But reading a lot exactly because when I if I were to write that out as an answer on listening, if I put it as two words, I'd be like, that looks wrong because yeah. you yeah. have you see it as one word, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because you have seen it, right? You've seen it written in, in the newspaper, on TV, wherever. So yeah, exactly. Cool. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Exactly. Okay, let's read the second one here. So, this lovely student said, for writing, which terms should I write? How should I write numbers in English? Um, 
I heard from zero to 99, I should write out the words. So what do you think? There are rules about when we actually use the numerical form, the number, versus mm. spelling it out as a word. So what do you think? I, oh, I always struggle with this, just in general it's English. It's tricky, when, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've seen like outside of IELTS that if you're writing kind of a title, it should be spelled out. Um, if you're referring to stats and things like that, you're going to want to use the number, but I'm not sure about on IELTS. What do you think, Jessica, on the IELTS exam? I think just in general, because uh, according to which style guide you reference, like it could be the, the what is it, the APA or the, what's the other one? It's been oh, yeah, a while. Uh, MLA. Since, yeah, MLA. The MLA, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those two different style guides that university students have to use, and I guess research professionals, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they have different recommendations according right. to like some commas and, and this as well. But an overall general rule is it's a good idea to spell the number out for one to nine. Mm. But then for two-digit numbers, 10 and up, just use the numerical form. Mm. I think that's a, it. That's a fine rule. And guys, you're not going to be marked down. Like if you spell out five or you use the number five, you're not going to be marked down as long as it's consistent. I think mm. in task two, you're not going to be marked down. It's fine. You don't use that many numbers anyway. But you could still follow <laughs> this general rule, right? But for okay. task one, guys – only use for the academic task one, only use the numerical forms. Do not spell it out. Yeah. Okay. Do not write five and then the num and then the word thousand, for example. Yeah. yeah Don't yeah. do that. that. Be consistent. Yeah. That makes sense. That's logical because we're dealing with a lot of numbers often, right? In that part of the test. So you're throwing them around and that would be a more numbers analytical based way of use of writing. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's all about the numbers. So just use the numerical form. That yeah. would be weird <laughs> to spell them all out. That'd be oh, so- be horrible. How would that work in a graph anyways, right? <laughs> if you're oh, reading the graph. Yeah. That'd be so funny if the graph had all the numbers spelled out, like instead of the year 2008, like the numbers, it would like spell it out in words. <laughs> be terrible. That'd be okay. funny. All right. We got two more questions here. Lindsay, do you want to read the next one? Okay. So number three, the student says, and what about complex grammar structures? Are they impro- are they appropriate for an informal letter? Ooh, good question. I love these yeah. questions. These, you know, these know. questions are really good. Yeah. These are, these questions sound like they're coming from students who are actually really, they are in the course. They're really in the course digging in and learning, right? They know that they need complex grammar structures at some point on the exam and they're asking an informed question. And this was actually like, this person hadn't thought about this before reading another comment. This this wasn't posted as a question first. This was a, mm-hmm. a comment on another mm-hmm. line of dialogue that we were having. There's been so much interaction in the Facebook group lately, guys. Three key students, if you haven't been in there, drop in because there are so many conversations happening right now in the group. Okay. So yeah, it's a great question. Um, Yes, we still need complex grammar structures in an informal letter Um, because that's part of your grammar score. You have to use, it doesn't matter formal or informal, you still have to show the same variety of grammar structures. So in real life, I'd probably use, you know what? Actually, I would go two ways. I think I would have lots of simple sentences in like 
informal speaking, but then in writing, I would have lots of run-on sentences because I'm just mm. like stream of consciousness <laughs> type thing. <laughs> but that's why IELTS isn't real life. So in an informal <laughs> letter, guys, don't do either of those things. You want to have a mixture just like any type of writing, task two or task one. So just, you know, throw in some relative clauses, a couple conditionals, and that satisfies the requirements for the variety for a seven or higher. And that's oh. like, we do that when we're writing to our yeah. friends anyway. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. It's an informal letter. So however you would write it to friends makes sense. Yeah, cool. Yeah, totally. Um, okay, rad. And then this last one, um, is it correct to write wouldn't instead of would not. I have read that we should not use short forms. Um, mm. So yeah, another academic writing rule. What do you think, Lindsay? Oh boy. So the tough questions today, <laughs> oh, aren't <boy>. they? <laughs> really tough questions. So I guess it, I guess it depends on where on the test you are. I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I don't know from what do you think, Jessica? <laughs> um, yeah, this is, this is a classic academic writing rule, which isn't referenced specifically in the scoring system, but I still recommend following it because, um, this goes towards the tone of your writing and maintaining a formal tone is part of having no shortened forms or contractions. So in writing task two, don't use contractions, don't use abbreviations, because that's not formal. We have to spell everything out. If your general training for a formal letter, same rules, no contractions, mm -hmm. no shortened forms, um, but an informal letter, you have to use contractions because that is the tone, right? Mm -hmm. You would never speak to a friend or write to a friend like, um, I have not seen you in many days. <laughs> I would not way know. Too formal. Yeah. <laughs> way too formal. So yeah. this is, and then this started a whole line of discussion as well, where one student was like, well, what about in speaking? So that's interesting because I think you should use contractions. I think you must use them in speaking part one and part two, because that's an informal way of communicating. That's the style that is appropriate. But in mm -hmm. part three, like I automatically revert to not using contractions if I'm speaking in a formal way, because mm. that just, it just, it's a habit, right? It seems yeah. more serious to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it all depends on the context. That's why we have to know on each part of the test what's expected. Like, are we writing informally or formally? What are we doing? What's the examiner looking for? Yes, exactly. Because speaking part one, part two, part three, they're all so different, you guys. Mm -hmm. That's why in Three Keys IELTS, we have a whole lesson about each of those. You move through each of them independently because they're very different from each other. I mean, first you learn what the examiner needs to see for a seven or higher, but then we go into detail for each part. It's just, it's not like blanket statements for the whole speaking exam because that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> there are different ways of accomplishing these requirements in each part. Yes, exactly. So it's all about knowing where you are in the test and having that proper preparation. That's it right there. Preparing exactly. in the right way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. So guys, get into three keys. Start these discussions in Facebook yourself. Go to allearsenglish.com forward slash K-E-Y-S. All right, Jessica, thanks for hanging out today. This has been fun. It has been a pleasure and a delight. <laughs> All right, very cool. I'll talk to you very soon. Take care. Right, bye. bye.
Thanks so much for listening to the IELTS Energy Podcast from All Ears English. And if you want to get tips from Lindsay and Jessica every week on how to get a seven on your next IELTS exam, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your computer or on your smartphone. Thanks again and see you soon. So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember... I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7.